0: Good morning, Friday. Happy day after Thanksgiving. It's Black Friday. Black Friday. Uh, so this year, my girls have asked me to take them out for Black Friday shopping. So we're, we uh, we left the house at 5 a.m. this morning to the shit show of gluttony uh, out there in the world of the mall. And uh, that's impressive to me. I never knew what my parents went through until this, so uh uh kind of impressive uh, people are slightly rude. I did notice that um it 's like the day after thanksgiving man. we 're thanksgiving we 're thankful thankful forgiving, and then we 're thankful that we 're number seven in line to go through the doors so it 's kind of funny I, I just laugh at that stuff all the time that uh Uh, just that run around. I'm a, I'm an online shopper guy. Like, don't get me wrong. I like to walk into a mall and, and, and like, I'll do a loop. I'll walk through where I know, walk through what I need, know what I got to do. And then I'm out. I'm not a lingerer. I'm not a hangouter because of the fact that I have daughters. I do, however, truly appreciate a good man chair. You know, like a man chair, like you walk into a store and there's like, uh, uh, let me, you walk into a store and there's like a coffee table or a couple of leather chairs kind of in a corner, like lucky, lucky brand. You guys crush it. Uh, Who else? Uh, Tory Burch always has a chair, always has a couch. Um, You know who sucks? Like the gap. Uh, Abercrombie, they have like two chairs, usually taken up pretty quickly. Sometimes you can find them. American Eagle, you suck because you have nothing. Pink, are you kidding me? If I have to lean against a counter with underwear on it because there's nowhere for me to sit while my children are trying on bras and underwear – It just kind of sucks. And then outside of these stores, they may have the occasional bench or something in between the, I will fix your cell phone kiosk and the Mediterranean sea scrub kiosk. These are the things that I find when I go shopping. There's just not enough comfort because look, my girls could probably spend a lot more money if I had a fucking place to sit. Give me a place to sit. Let me, let me play like words with friends. Let me throw back some Candy Crush. Let me play a little Sniper while uh, my girls are shopping. They probably would spend more money. So to all the retail marketers out there, while you guys are pumping oxygen into the mall, making the lighting the optimum atmosphere, making sure that the music is at the proper beats per minute, do me a favor. Give me a goddamn chair. Just something to sit on. I already did my Nordstrom. I already walked through Nordstrom rack. I bought three pairs of shoes, a couple pairs of pants. I got some shirts. I got some jeans. But guess what? I walk into these other places. I'm like, all right, girls, come on. Let's go. Let's wrap it up because I have nowhere to sit. So that's how I feel about that. Uh, I hope everybody had a great Thanksgiving. I hope nobody got too sick. Uh, from the the, uh, uh, tryptophan. It makes everybody fall asleep, which I still laugh about. I hope everybody cooked their turkeys perfectly. Um, My method for next year for you guys is really just brine it, man. Brine it. Brine it. Flavor it. Brine it. And now I'm seeing a tremendous amount of posts online with everybody taking pictures of their brines. So, Like I saw one yesterday or I'm sorry, on Wednesday, that was – hold on. I took a screenshot of it. Let me see if I can find this real quick. On Wednesday, there was a picture of somebody with an exceptionally large – what is it called? Uh, Yeti cooler, a pink Yeti cooler that they had um, that was packed, packed with like – onions, and all that. That's called a marinade. It's no longer called a brine. When you start getting into that world, you have to have salt in your water. That's the key. Make sure you guys are doing it the right way. All right. The other thing is I'm all about the sides, man. I don't want one. Uh, I'm, I'm, I'm not even a turkey guy. Like, There's no need for me to have the turkey. Throw me some sides. I want some great green beans, I want some mashed potatoes. My mother makes awesome, like, cheesy potatoes. They make me super happy. Um, And then uh, I I like the sides, man. I love some stuffing, like, just super simple. Turkey stock, carrots, onions, and celery thrown into the stuffing, like, sauteed off just a little bit. Get that stuffing super wet. And then I don't stuff the bird. I'm not a fan of stuffing the bird. And here's the reason why. Because your internal temperature has to hit 165 to kill off any bacteria or any of that stuff with that dirty-ass bird. Um, so when you back it off a little bit, if you pull that, tur- that stuffing out, one, you're able to cook the turkey in much faster a much faster amount of time. Two... Think about this. If the internal temperature of the turkey has to be at 165 as per the government and for safety's sake because birds are kind of dirty, then the outside of that bird must be hitting between 180 and 190 degrees. Like you're cooking the shit out of that stuff. So take that stuffing, put it into a big pan, and then just pop that bitch in the oven. You get a nice crispy crust on the outside of it. You can add some of that turkey jus to it, whatever you want. Look, you're brining in that stuff. Take that brining liquid, put it into a little pan, cook it down, just bring it up to temp. Boom, poof, boom, right up to temp. Add some turkey stock to it, then put that into your stuff. Now you want to have a combination of flavors? There you go, man. Have fun with that. So – That's my turkey world. I know it's after, but guess what? We're coming up on Christmas in 30 days or 25 days, whatever it is. So a couple things for you guys that we should discuss. Uh, One, uh, millennials are trolling their poor mothers by asking how to microwave whole turkeys. Pretty funny. They're asking you how to microwave a 25-pound turkey. Um, I did an event this weekend, and I had like 15 people ask me how to microwave a turkey turkey. Me, being a culinary professional, I decided to answer them all and tell them you know, what to do. So kind of funny that that happened, and I was taken by it as well. Um, my mother, not so much, because if a chef texted my mother and asked her whether or not to do it, she'd probably just make fun of me forever. So I didn't want that to happen. Um, uh, Millennials are now asking for smaller turkeys. The ideas of these 20- and 30-pound turkeys um, are going away saying that the percentage is about 42% of people are now requesting a much smaller turkey, somewhere in the 12 to 18-pound range, which I agree with. I think it's a better-tasting bird. I like the flavor of it a little bit more. The meat's a little bit more tender. Um, it's good stuff. So uh, that, to me, I totally agree Agree with all of that. Um so other than that, there that's my Thanksgiving show. Like that is the bulk of it. Let's talk about Christmas and all the shit that's going on out there. Have some fun with food, man. Get yourself a ham, smoke something up, do something really fun with it. Uh, I'm actually watching this video that I've been watching over the last couple of days um, about the turducken, uh, which I still love. But think about if you got like – you could break it down a little bit smaller where you could actually get – a duck, you could actually put like a Cornish game hen inside of that and you could do a smaller turkey, which would be really good. I'm a huge fan of the world of spatchcocking. I've talked about in the past where you debone the turkey with the exception of the wings. You pull all that out and you make it just beautiful. I, however, like to leave the legs with the bone in because I'm a leg guy. I do. I like the dark meat. I'm a big fan of the dark meat. So um, so that's what I got. That's how I'm going to talk about that. Um, some pretty big news. I know I'm not supposed to do this, but I got some big news coming up in the next uh, week or two um, about some stuff that I've been working on since February that I'm really, really excited about. So I will get back to you guys on that in just a little while. Um, let's talk real quick about some stuff that's going to be happening over the next couple of weeks. Um, I'm home. I am home for like uh, for like a bunch of days. I've got a couple little things that I'm going to be doing. I'm going to be shooting some stuff out in Detroit, Detroit. I don't want to get in trouble, Detroit, Michigan, um, leaving here about the 3rd of December. So if you're out in Detroit and uh, you guys have any great places that you think that I should go to, do me a favor. Send me a message or tweet me. Um, it's the best way to do that stuff. I'm really stoked about that. Um, so I'll be in Detroit from like the third through the 10th, just banging out something pretty awesome that I'm really excited about. Then I'm taking a little vacation. I'm heading out to California. Um, I will be in California, uh, from roughly the 27th to the 6th of January where I'm going to be out there hanging out. Doing some cool stuff. Uh, I immediately come back. I will be right in Vegas uh, at the CES show. Um, So if you are out and about and rocking and rolling and you feel like coming out to Vegas to hang out, come out and see us, man. Me, I think my buddy Nick Leverado is going to be out there. we got a couple other good chefs that I'm pretty stoked to get out there with and hang out and have some fun. Cooking up on some GE appliances. Uh, I love doing that stuff, man. I have a lot of fun. Then at the end of the month of January, and I know this is like a month and a half away, but at the end of the month of January, I'm going to be at the Mohegan Sun Wine Festival, food and wine. So come on out to Mohegan Sun, hang out with us out there. Uh, and then I'm going back out to Vegas in February. On the 18th to go out and do some stuff out there. So going to be a pretty crazy couple of months coming up. Um, Heading into March, uh, we have the the nightclub and bar show, which is all the way out there in Vegas on the 22nd. Um, So uh, I just gave you guys like three months worth of stuff. Notice that I'm kind of slowing down, that I kind of backed off of some stuff over the last couple of months. And that's due to all this big news that's coming out. So I will keep you guys abreast of the situation. Um, I got one thing to say to you, and that is this. We're going to start paying attention to the word, the hashtag, opening night. That's all we got to say. Opening night. Dun, dun, dun. That's what we got. We are talking about opening night. Okay. So uh, we have some other cool shit going on. On. I have uh, been following this dude for the last couple of months, actually longer than that. I've been following this dude for a while. Okay, um, This guy is uh, has been around for a, 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 a good period of time, I'd say about two years, um, where he actually travels around the country and interviews people and then posts on Instagram, uh, Twitter and all the other stuff kind of his interview with – these people, what he finds out about them, they're very detailed, very, very straightforward. Um, and I'm really excited to talk to him. I have yet to be interviewed by him uh, because I really wanted to I really wanted to have him on the show first because I wanted to know what his process was. I really wanted to know how he picked people, how it came to. So uh, everybody do me a favor. Um, If you're on Instagram, get over there. You can follow this guy. It's Rob's 10K Friends. Welcome to Duffified Live, Rob Lawless. Good morning, Rob. What's going on, brother? Not too much, man. Thanks for having me on the show. It is my pleasure to finally have you on. We've gone back
1: and forth for like a year? Yeah, probably. I think so. Yeah, and then we were going to connect over the summer at some point, I think, and... Yeah, just back and forth, but here we are.
0: Yeah, man. Yeah, I, uh, I travel quite a bit. So to try to, to, to lock me down when I'm home is a tough one. And I know you were in Philly doing some stuff. And uh, I wish I could have gotten you. Know, I wish I could have met up with you. But here we are now.
1: Yeah, absolutely.
0: So, um, so, Rob, why don't you do me a favor? Why don't you tell me uh, who you are, what you do, and how it is that people can get in contact with you?
1: Sure. So, my name is Rob Lawless. I'm originally from Narstown, Pennsylvania. And currently, I am doing a project to spend one hour with 10,000 different people to see what comes of opening doors for no particular reason and kind of to just learn about their stories and make new connections. So I started this project in November of 2015. On November 11th of this year, I turned three years old. And throughout all that time, I've been documenting pictures and stories with the people that I've met on my Instagram, which is at Rob's 10K friends. And it's also on Facebook and Twitter as well. Same handle, but uh, mainly on Instagram. That's kind of like where I do most of my operations. And yeah, I think I've met 2,211 people since starting. Hold on. 2,000, how many? 2,211.
0: Jeez, dude. How? Yeah. All right. So, one. So I'm on your website right now, which I, I actually really like your website and I like the simplicity of it. Okay. Thank you. Like it's just, it's just right there. It's in your face. It tells you exactly what it is, what you do. And there's really good stuff like the untapped value of human connection, right? Um, six life lessons learned from spending one hour one-on-one with 1500 people. So, I mean, it's pretty awesome, man. Um, some of the stuff. So, all right. So basically one, I didn't know you were a Philly guy.
1: Yeah. Yeah. So I'm originally from uh, I went to Penn state, graduated in 2013 with a degree in finance, And then my first job, I was working at Deloitte Consulting on 17th and Market. I left that job to go to RJ Metrics, which was a tech startup on 13th and Chestnut, and then moved into Northern Liberties for that job. So I was living on 4th and Poplar for two years. Uh, And shortly after I moved in, I think I moved in June of 2015, and a few months later, November is when I started this project, and then eight months later... In July of 2016, I took it full-time. So, Wow. Yeah, so it's been full-time for just over two years. And I would say of the breakdown from that 2,200 people, probably 1,400 of them I've met in the Philly area. Wow. Yeah. Jeez. Yeah, so I definitely I consider this to be a Philadelphia project that I intend to share with other cities in the world. But at the core of it, it's always going to be Philly-based no matter where I go.
0: Okay, so now I mean I know you have interviewed people and I mean you said 1,400 straight out of Philly, so 2,200 others around the country. So where else have you been?
1: Uh, yeah, so the the mainly Philly and then probably like 700 people from Los Angeles and that I think is where I was living when we first got in contact. Right, um, but also I think maybe around a hundred up in New York City. My older brother lives there, so every once in a while. I'll go up visit him, and then take a couple of days to just meet people while he's at work. Um, but to get to Los Angeles, so I've lived there on two different occasions now, and each time I've driven there and back. so wow. in total, the project has has hit fourteen different cities across the u s
0: okay now you, you say you say that you know it's really more of a Philly project, so I mean, dude you, you've still got seventy <clears throat> seventy eight hundred people to go right y- you know I mean what so i mean how, how many different legs you know how, how many different legs has this project taken on I mean did you originally intend on it to be in philly, or what was your plan
1: yeah, so I think originally I just intended for it to be a thing that that spend many different cities and countries, which is still what I want but Having started it in Philly, I kind of became loyal to the city. <clears throat> and I feel like uh, people expect something like this to come out of New York or they expect it to come out of L.A. Right. And I really feel like Philly is kind of having a, an uptick in creativity and different creative organizations in the city. And so that's why I always wanted to be known as Philly-based. And as I was doing it, the goal kind of became to do meet the first thousand people in Philadelphia, and then right. once I cross that mark to have the next nine be a mix of Philly and the world.
0: So, all right. I mean, so how did this project come to you? Are young? You graduate from college. You've got two good jobs, great jobs, right out of college. You know, working hard, doing your stuff. How does it come to what? Okay. What, what was the inspiration for it?
1: Sure. So, when I was at Penn State. I was involved in a lot of different clubs and activities. So my freshman year, I I got involved with the Penn State Dance Marathon right away. And there's 40,000 students at Penn State. Over 15,000 of them are involved in THON. So it's a a year-long effort to raise funds and awareness for pediatric cancer. And getting involved with that opened up other doors for me. Uh, I ended up joining a fraternity spring semester of my freshman year. What fraternity? uh, Beta Theta Pi. Okay,
0: I'm, I'm, a, I'm a teak, so there ah, you go.
1: Nice, yeah, nice. <laughs> um, and so my sophomore year, I became a Lion Ambassador, which is essentially a tour guide slash campus rep. And I was doing Habitat for Humanity trips over spring breaks, and I was on a homecoming committee. So Penn State, just being a college town, the more involved I became on campus, the more often I would run into people on the way to class or out at the bars or whatever, And that was a a feeling that I really enjoyed. And I I think that was one of the things I missed most when I graduated and went into the real world. So part of me was just looking to recapture that sense of familiarity that I had in college. And then the other thing is I minored in entrepreneurship. So majored in finance and then I minored in accounting and entrepreneurship. And I've always been more interested in the entrepreneurial side of life, um, like when I started at Deloitte, I was working 12-hour days and kind of just doing whatever my manager told me. And yeah. in my mind, I always felt if I was investing 12 hours a day into myself, it wouldn't pay a lot up front. But if I, if I did that long enough and I had a creative enough concept that down the road, I would be better off investing in myself than giving my time to other people. Right. Uh, and so kind of the combination of the two of those things – I thought to myself, if I meet 10,000 people, it just has to work. It, like Someone is going to introduce me to someone who will either figure out how to monetize it or they'll figure out how to kind of blast it out to the world. Um, but the whole theory in my mind was it's an interesting concept and the goal is just become too big to fail before I run out of money. And <laughs> so I've, I've gotten close to that point a couple of times and am on my way back to that point. But there's always progress occurring at each level. And every time that I've come close, I've hit some type of partnership that has kept me going. And so that in and of itself has been a wild ride, but one I've been happy to be on. So what, what,
0: I mean, when you say partnerships, what do you mean by partnerships?
1: So it started, um, in Philly. And that's one of the things I love about it being a Philly project. Uh, two Marches ago, uh, I was having a beer with this guy, Chris, and, we were meeting up for my project and he was saying, ah man, I wish I could support you in some way or, or sponsor you. And I was, I just told him, Hey, if you, if you want to write me a check for a few hundred dollars, I can tag you in every post for this month. And I'll put presented this month by Fishtown pharmacy at the end of each caption that I do. And I'll just let people know that you're supporting me in this movement to keep it going. And so he agreed and we did that. And then, because I was tagging him, uh, this urgent care center, Vibe Urgent Care, which is also in Philly, shot me a message on Instagram and they were like, Hey, what's the deal with your partnerships? And so I told them and they agreed to partner with me. And then a guy who had become my dentist through my project <laughs> runs this dentist office called Teen Dental. And he said, Hey, man, why didn't you talk to me? Because I wanted to partner you or partner oh, with you. Yeah. And so it kind of snowballed. And then I had, I was partnered with leadership Philadelphia and then I went out to Los Angeles and kind of the Philly connections dropped off. I don't think it really made sense for at that time, them to sponsor a project that was no longer in Philly. Um, But then I teamed up with this t-shirt company called Serengeti and yeah, it's just been wild. I came back to Philly and then it was a dog walking company. It was a photographer, a wedding band, Uh, local publication and so it's just kind of been this mix match of companies that one like the concept of of what I'm doing two want a little bit of exposure through it and three just want to see me continue doing it because I think they they think that it's kind of a a positive thing for the world Um, so yeah and then I've had more recently some more formal partnerships, one with a company called Peace Tea over the summer. And then in September, I just did one with a networking app called Shaper. And I just used their app to source 20 of my meetings through the month wow. and encouraged other people to hop on it and download it. Because a lot of the people that I think follow my project are kind of interested in this idea of human connection and totally. they they want to practice it in their own lives.
0: You know, it's funny because I I, I, I read all of your I read all your posts. Oh nice. You know a lot of time and that's a big thing to say in this day and age. Yeah. You know I mean for somebody to physically to, cuz in in a world of of look, double tap, swipe there's, we don't really read the content, and, we, and, and in my business of being a chef and marketing and doing all the stuff that I do, I talk about that initial impact. You've got to have an impact right off the bat. Make sure your pictures are colorful. Make sure that you've got good content going on, and I always say make sure that your content is not too long. Um, you know, I have I've kind of a saying to my clients, like, would you, ta- and, and, and would you take a picture of a piece of shit and put it on a billboard on 95 and advertise your business? Mm-hmm. No, you wouldn't do that. So why are you going to do the same with an Instagram picture or something like that? And it's so funny because your pictures are, are are a picture of you and the person that you talk to. And then it's a very well put together description of what that conversation was. And so kudos to you because I, I don't stop and read stuff. You yeah, know, thanks. I mean, so it's it's really kind of cool to watch that and see that happen.
1: Thank you. That's one thing that I, I never even think about. I mean, for me, a lot of the joy in the project is just sitting down and having that time to share with someone and walking away knowing that I have one new connection in the city. Yeah. And <clears throat> everything I write is actually from memory because in the time that we're together, I'm just focused on how can I get to know this person as much as possible <clears throat> and how can I share with them as much of me as possible. Um, so it's funny, I never even for me, it's just part of the project to, to write this story and put it out there. But I'm always honored when people do take the time to sit down and actually read what I'm writing.
0: Yeah. I mean, it's big, man. I mean, we like, you know, we're in a huge world of the faster, the better. I mean, it's everybody wants to get the information as fast as possible. Do the swipe, do the look, do the double tap and we roll on. So, um, so, so, and, and I mean, you know, again, it was a kudos to the fact that I love to sit and read the stuff. It's interesting to me. Yeah. Thank Um, you. So, so do you have a criteria? I mean, is there, you know, how, who was the, let's do that. Who was the first person you interviewed?
1: Um, so his name was Jim Brady. He is the founder of BillyPenn.com, which is a uh, a publication here in Philly. And it's funny, like a, a lot of people use the term interview when talking about my project. Um, and I always try to tell people that I'm not interviewing people because when when people think that it's an interview, they come in expecting me to ask questions and expecting me to extract a story from them. Uh, When in reality, it's just two people. Like it's, it's as if you were out at the bar on a Friday night, catching up with an old friend that you just haven't met yet. Uh, And that's kind of how I've always seen it. But yeah, Jim, he was the first one. And when I reached out to him and then when we met, actually, I remember him telling me we met at cozy in center city and he said, oh, this is really cool. What am I, the 1,000th the or 2,000th person that you've met? <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, no, dude, you're, you're number one. You're the start of this project. And so, wow. yeah, and uh, it's cool because at that time, I really wanted to make sure that these people felt that it was worth it giving me an hour of their time. And I'm sure. so thankful that the people before I even had an Instagram were willing to sit down and make a new connection. And cause now I have a bit of a following and people have friends who've been part of the project. So it's more comfortable for them to, to be part of the project. And it's almost cool to be part of this movement. But in the beginning, like guys like Jim really, really helped the project get off the ground by them being willing to put themselves out there. Right.
0: So then, and then it, it kind of moves on from there because I've noticed one of the things that you do within your descriptions is how we met. Right. You know, interview number 1222 brought me to this person. Um, Is that a lot of the way that it it kind of unfolds at this point is connections?
1: Yeah. Most of the time, the people that I'm meeting with are are sourced. They're incoming to me. They come in through my Instagram direct messages or they shoot me an email. And yeah, it's crazy. I think um, I had always been curious at what point would people start coming to me instead of me reaching out to them? Right. And it actually happened around the 65th person. So I met this guy, Josh Middleton, who at the time was a writer for the publication, the Philadelphia citizen. Okay. And we met and he just sent over some questions afterwards and crafted it into a really nice article. And this was in May of 2016, a month before I was going to be laid off from my job. And, he, he just put it out there and I, I shared it on the internet and I hadn't told any of my friends up until that point what I was doing because with it just came a lot of questions that I didn't really have answers for yet. And, um, I put it out on Facebook and a lot of my friends ended up sharing it. And I think it had like a thousand likes on their page, which was great at that time. And, um, sure. uh, from that people started coming into me and then what had happened, I started meeting with temple students. And when I would meet with a student, they would repost my photo with them to their page and say, Hey, I just met with this dude, Rob. He's doing this cool project to meet 10,000 people. And then I would see the comments of all their friends saying, Oh, this is such a cool concept. I want to do it. And I'd see their messages come in. And then the more people I met, the more they were reposting and sharing the photos. And then I would just get all of their friends. And that's kind of how it is now. I think I've met enough people where I have enough branches coming off of, my tree that every time someone shares it in a new direction, I get a new group of people interested. Right.
0: So are there, I mean, do you have people that you are like, I really want to, I really, and I, I, I it's, it's hard for me not to say the word interview,
1: <laughs> I know. you know, I <laughs> mean,
0: and, and, and it's funny because I was, as I was reading your stuff beforehand, I, I mean, I'm actually looking at it right now and it says PSA, I'm not interviewing people. Right. Like when I look at the screen at, at this at this moment, that's exactly what it says. So, are there people that you are, are that you really want to meet at this point? I mean, is there somebody that you are like I really want to meet this person? And are you reaching out to them? Or are you just allowing kind of the natural uh, viral momentum of this to take its own course?
1: Uh, more so, just letting it take its own course, um, okay. and that's one of the things. That I kind of like removing myself from the control of who I'm meeting. So okay. I typically just go through my messages and answer first come, first serve. Um, and I, th- I mean, I think there are people in life that I think it'd be interesting to meet. I really like this musician, John Bellion. So I'm 27 years old. I think he's 27 as well. And I just think he is a really creative mind when it comes to music. So I'd love to sit down and just get to know him a little bit better and then one of the people that I've come to admire in life a lot over the last year is Scooter Braun who is the manager for Justin Bieber, Ariana Grande, Martin Garrix and several other musicians but I really don't care that he is the manager of those people. What I care about is if you listen to him on a podcast or an interview he's reached a level of success that a lot of people are trying to obtain in life but When you hear him talk, his values are his wife, his kids, his upbringing, Um, like being a good person in the world. And that's a lot of who I want to be. So I really, like, I would love to meet with him for his character. Um, But aside from those, there's not really many off the top of my head. Some of the best stories that I've come across have come from some of the people who I would would have thought would have had the most normal stories. So I always like being pleasantly surprised.
0: Okay. So who, I mean, okay, so 2,200. And and I I don't know if this is a a bad question to ask. I mean, do you have some that just so, first off, do you remember every person thus far?
1: Uh, Not at this point. I I would like to sit here and say that I do, but I've had some instances where people just recently that they will come up to me and say, we met here and here. And then I have to be like, oh, where, where did we yeah. meet? And tell me a little bit about yourself just to jog my memory. And usually after that, I'll remember people. And the nice thing is I have everyone in my phone and I can go back and look at our conversation. Right. And w- when I meet someone the second time after initially meeting them, they become even just that more important to my life. And so right. I start to remember them. But there are definitely times I scroll back into my Instagram and forget that I met with this certain person um, but in terms of there being like bad meetings, uh, I, I haven't had any. And one of the cool things, a guy that I met early on, he was probably within the first 50 people that I met. I remember when we were leaving, he said, this is going to be such a cool project for you because no one's going to show up and give you their bad side when they know it's something that you're going to post about afterwards. Yeah. And it, it's just been that experience for me so far. I think they're personalities that I've met that I wouldn't really get along with for more than an hour or maybe like long-term. But within the hour, everyone has been good and respectful to me and I've, I've done the same for them. And I think that's kind of a really cool thing that I may be different than some of these people, but we can still take the time and just be civil to each other and get to know each other.
0: Now, are are you, are you, are you finding yourself because Uh, You can tell, obviously, I'm loaded with questions. I have a lot of questions when I talk to people. I'm 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 a naturally inquisitive person and i find that when i do when i do interviews either being it with me or with me interviewing another person that they they go long like i find that that if i had to limit myself like for me i try to interview for 45 minutes on this show it's just the way that i work it because i found that 3 hour processes unless i'm joe rogan you know it just isn't it just doesn't go the direction that i want it to go so i try to keep it to 45 minutes to an hour are, do you have a hard timeline of 1 hour are you like All right man, we hit our hour, we've got to, you know, we've got to cut it. Or you just if you talk for two hours, are you having a two hour conversation?
1: It's it's more of the the first one. I try not to I try not to say, all right, it's been 60 minutes on the dot, we have to go. But I'm always conscious of the time and it's just a product of my schedule. So here in Philly, I try to meet four people a day at 10 a.m., noon, two p.m. and four p.m. And when I was living in Northern Liberties, I'm out in the suburbs right now in Norstown, but when I was in the city, I was meeting five people a day. And my the way I, I work things, so I'll meet someone from 10, 10 a.m. to 11 a.m., and then the next meeting is at noon. So I have from 11 a.m. until noon to move my car to a new spot, get to the location that they're at write the person's story and post it on Instagram. So all wow. of those captions that I've write, written that you've read, they're all written within a matter of 30 minutes and then posted it up. Um, and so it's, it's almost like a, a, a countdown. If I go 10 minutes over the hour with someone, I only have 50 minutes to write their story and sure. post it and get to the next spot. If I go 20 minutes over, I only have 40 minutes. So a lot of times like that, that can be stressful sometimes trying to get a story out, um, before and still make it to the next spot on time. But yeah, I, am I'm good with the clock just because of that purpose, not because I wouldn't want to take the time to talk longer with people. And I have had meetings if I had the time that have gone to an hour and a half, two hours long, uh, if it was like the last meeting of the day and I didn't have anything else at night. But yeah, for the most part, it's, it's pretty structured, which I know is interesting because this project has an air of spontaneity to it, but it's also a pretty tight logistical process.
0: Wow. I can't, I mean, the fact you do that you were doing five a day and then having that time to turn it around. I mean, you know, my producer is right now in the background laughing probably because he texts me all week long. Don't forget to send me notes on the show, you know, and <laughs> send me notes, send me notes, send me notes. So, um, but I like that idea that you're you're literally stopping and you've got that that kind of broken down that way. what um, I, I mean, some of your most memorable people thus far, I mean, is there I, I don't know if that's a if that's a weird question because I, I find that and the reason why I, ask, I say that is because I find that your your stuff is super personal. you know I mean, you're really having a great conversation with somebody and you're learning a tremendous amount about people so I guess it's weird that I want to ask, are there some that really just truly stuck out more than others?
1: Yeah, definitely. And so I think it's a, I think I'm always touched by the stories that contrast what I know to be true. And so for a little background raised in the suburbs in Narstown, my parents are still married, still together, happy and healthy. And we live in the house that they had built when they got married. I'm the youngest of three siblings. So my sister, she graduated from Penn State. She does marketing. She's doing well. She's getting married in August. My brother graduated from Penn State, studied finance. He's doing consulting. He just got married this past August. And everyone in our family gets along with each other. So I have had the luxury of a a stable, tight-knit family growing up. And so... I there's people like this woman, Raz who I met. And off the bat, she was just an impressive woman because she was hosting this, this man who was trying to get out of homelessness at the time. And he had had to go to Temple to get, um, I forget what he needed to be done, but some type of medical treatment. And he needed a place to stay so that he didn't go straight back to the streets. And Raz her son was gone traveling. And so she just hosted this dude in her son's bedroom. So I met this dude, John, who was the homeless man. And then right after I met Roz and her story was just incredible. She, uh, when she was 16 years old, her ex-boyfriend found out that she was dating a new guy. And so he tried to kill her, uh, literally chasing her down the street, shooting at her. And he didn't end up killing her, but he did go around the corner and murdered her boyfriend. And yeah, so this happened to her at 16 years old. And then, when she was in her early 20s, her twin sister committed suicide. And then in 2012, her younger brother was murdered trying to protect his nephew. Oh and God. so all of this trauma happened to this one woman in her life. And for any of those three instances to happen to anyone would have been really difficult to overcome. But she overcame all of them. And now she's, um, she runs an organization in Philly called Operation Save Our City, And she kind of is an advocate for the victims or the families of victims of homicide to the point where sometimes she's knocking on doors saying, I know your son committed this murder or I know your daughter committed this murder. You need to turn them in because it's the right thing to do. And so I'm just really impressed by her. And she, as far as I know, she lives in Kensington. And so I think her story is one that you don't see pop up in Center City or whatever, uh, where like all the focus is, but she's still doing incredible things for the city of Philadelphia.
0: Right. Wow. Jeez. You know, and it's so fun. I mean, what it when you, when you first kind of started this, what, what expect, I mean, I, I, I don't want to say what expectations, I mean, did you think to yourself, I'm going to meet some pretty weird people. I'm going to meet some pretty awesome people. I'm going to meet a pretty diverse group of people. I mean, what was your initial, I, I, I mean, what was, the, what was your initial thought process? I mean, I want to meet 10,000 people. I mean, inside, you must have been thinking, I, I wonder what kind of people I'm going to meet. Because I think that whenever I fly. I think about that whenever I go to a new city. I think about that every time that I walk into a bar or, or something to that effect, if I'm by myself. Like, um, I love to be a connector. I love meeting people. I love talking to people. So, I mean, the anticipation of what you're you were about to do I mean, what, what was, where, where did you come up with? What did you come up with?
1: Yeah, I think from the beginning, I I knew that I was going to, to meet a diverse group of people. And so the reason I ended up meeting Jim Brady as the first person is because BillyPenn.com does a who's next list and they do who's next in the culinary scene, who's next in the music scene who's next in politics all for Philly right and so when I started seeing that I thought to myself all right well there's the group of people that I'm going to meet I'll just find these people's emails I was in sales at the time and I'll just email them tell them about my project and I'll meet all these different people from all of these different subcultures of the city um I don't know if I expected to to connect with people on as deep of a level as I've done uh I've had some people share some pretty tragic things in their life with me and I don't know if I was initially prepared for that, but over time hearing stories and and sitting with people, sitting with some people who've cried during our meetings, sometimes crying with them over time, I feel like I've just gotten better at that type of thing. And that, that has been really cool, especially to see now how deep you can go with someone in an hour and how vulnerable two parties of people are willing to be when you're just willing to remove the hood of your car and be like, Hey, here's, here's what's underneath. Uh, and when you share that, I think that's when you really establish a, a cool connection.
0: Yeah. Hmm. I can't imagine my brain is my, 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 it's funny cause my, my brain is literally like, I'm I'm, I'm working through You know the thousands upon thousands of people that I've met over the last you know ten years in this weird career that I have. You know, and the people that I meet, and it's kind of funny how I'm able to kind of pull them up in my brain, almost like a Rolodex.
1: Yeah, I do the the same exact thing. And for even you, for example, talking to you, knowing you as Chef Brian Duffy, uh, I was thinking of Chef Nikki out in L.A. who runs Uh. the. The, the, the chef at the Venezuelan. Hell yeah! And uh, he was one of the me- people that I've met through my project. And I oh I, my you know,
0: god, you met Nick?
1: Yeah. No
0: way! Uh, Nick's home. He's home for the next month. Oh, is he? Yeah. Um, yeah. We're do- we're doing a little food tour. We might have to give you a call.
1: Yeah, man. Let me know. I'd be I'd be happy to. to come Nick is
0: uh, Nick is one of my my I adore Nick. He's one of he's one of my closest friends who I never ever get to see.
1: Yeah. And he, he was an incredible person. I just, I had gotten in touch with him. I don't know her name. You may even know her. So I had the first, the very first girl I met in LA when I went out two summers ago, when I first lived there, we met at the Venezuela and a girl, I forget her name, but on her Instagram is dressing Jane. And yeah, she's from Jersey. Yeah. So exactly. Beautiful uh, girl.
0: Sure. Yeah. I follow her stuff all the time. And and I started deleting people and she was one of, uh, she, she, I know this is going to sound weird, but I started to delete people a couple of weeks ago because I was just following way too many people. And I started to kind of eliminate some people, unfortunately that just didn't. And she continuously, I always look at her stuff. She's got a huge smile on her face. She's always in a cool place. Like she just seems like she lives a really great life.
1: Yeah. And she, so she had seen the picture of me at the Venezuela and she told me that I should meet Nick and then wow. she put us in touch. And that's, I think that's one of the things I love about Philly. When I got there to meet Nick, he treated me like we had been family yeah. our entire lives just it's because Nick. I was from Philly. Yeah. Uh, and yeah, he, he was a great guy. Every time I go back there when I'm on the West coast, I always ask for him to see if he's in the kitchen just to say what's up. But yeah, yeah coming back full circle, I do the same thing because I think your brain, your brain just categorizes these people. And I'm like you, I I really enjoy being a connector. It brings me joy to, to say, Hey, you need to connect with this person because the two of you would be mutually beneficial. So whenever I come across someone in an industry or, or with a particular interest, my brain does the same thing.
0: It's funny. I, when I, when I put people into my phone, I, I typically put you know, I put in their name, their first name, their last name, and then I, I will do uh, – in the description or job title or whatever, I kind of put – whether it's chef or a city uh, or, or something like that because um, I'm always kind of pulling it back up. I always say that there's – you know everything you need in life is three calls away. It's you to me, me to them, and them to you. Mm-hmm. You know that's that connector world that we live in, and and it was one of the reasons why I really wanted to connect with you because after seeing your project and seeing all the cool stuff that goes on with it and the the, the diverse the diverse group of people that you communicate with. So, so what, what do you have coming up? I mean, what's what's up for you in the next? I mean, in the next couple months? I mean, are you doing for a day still?
1: Yeah, absolutely. And even so, I just got back to Philly on October twenty fourth, and okay. I've seen this like every time I leave to go to a new place, there's a bit of a ramp up period to get back to a full schedule. So I'm still kind of working my way up to a full schedule here in Philly, just people finding out that I'm back and reaching back out again. Uh, so doing that and then a, lo- a lot of it from a business standpoint is, I think over the next couple months, I want to start to reach out to some some publications or just online video companies because I do think that it would be helpful for people to see a positive story in the news. Um, And also like some brands just so I can continue to support myself and survive. But going forward, I was actually just thinking about this last night, two of my 2019 goals. Well, I can't remember the one, but the one of my goals for 2019. Oh yeah. um, Is to get abroad. So to start spreading this project to other countries. And initially I was thinking I would try to get over to Great Britain in January, which is still something I'm shooting for, but I'm kind of go with the flow with my life on these things. But in 2019, I'd like to get abroad, share the project to other countries. And then the second thing is I want to kind of inspire people to create. I want the world to beat me in connections. So I think this year in 2018, I probably will have met 700 people in total and I want to challenge like the people who follow me to start creating their own connections. And say I meet 700 people in 2019, I want collectively, through my following and whoever else hears about it, to make 1,400 new connections. And one of the ways that I'm doing that is I have this 12-friend challenge that I'm going to start. And it's really just me inviting people to do this and putting out a how-to guide of Here's ways that you can connect with other people. Here's some talking points to make sure you're comfortable in conversation um, and some guidelines. And so I'm encouraging people to meet one new person each month in 2019 because as I know and and you obviously know, there's so much value in just creating connections without an agenda because when you just are there to get to know each other, the value comes later down the road.
0: Yeah. Yeah. You know, I, I think for one of the big things for me that I, I've, I've found, I mean, I, I grew up here, you know, I grew up in Ballack-Inwood, um, born and raised here. I've lived here pretty much my whole life. I've, I traveled the world, but I, but I grew up here. So to see the different way that people live all over the country. I mean, the conversations that I have in the Midwest are not the conversations that I have on the East Coast. You know the conversations that I have in the Pacific Northwest aren't the conversations that I have in LA. You know it's amazing to see the the, the different the different ways that people see the world when yeah. depending on where they're from. Like it's weird.
1: Yeah, I completely agree with that. And it's super weird to me. And, and
0: that that back and forth. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Huh. I um I met and that's the thing. I I, I wish. I mean most people are are preoccupied with like families and jobs right which is is no problem. A lot of people are working on whatever they think is the best path best path in life, right but this being my best path, it's been so cool to be exposed to th- these different ways of thinking and um, and just to know that they exist. I met this kid in Los Angeles who was just going on a, a road trip. I think he was shortly out of high school, and he was telling me that he grew up in a small town south of nashville where it's just a very religious community and they follow a very particular version of the bible and in their religion you're not allowed to listen to songs that have percussion in them because percussion to them is like the devil's music and really? yeah and i just thought that was super interesting And and you know i i have different views than that but it doesn't change the fact that it exists and that there's a community operating with these types of views. And I like being exposed to the fact that people think that way because it still exists, whether I agree with it or not. Exactly.
0: And that's, I, I think, and in, especially in this day and age when, you know, we, we I, I, I mean, I talk about it all the time because I'm, I'm a communicator that, you know, we, we've bypassed the, the debate. You know, we've we've bypassed the conversations. I remember my parents sitting on the front porch with friends discussing politics and discussing religion and and, and having an, uh, an educated conversation about it. And whether it's because I'm jaded at this point or because I've seen a lot of negativity and a lot of things, I feel that we've bypassed all that. Like, you know, what are the two rules? Don't talk about religion and don't talk about politics.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Like that's that was the basis of what our parents grew up with. You know, I mean, we discussed things. We had conversations. We had an opinion, and you respected somebody else's opinion. And I feel that that has kind of gone away. So to see you out there talking to people and having conversations, which, again, it's not like you're discussing an opinion because you're really just interacting with them. But I think it's just a really neat project, man. (laughs) I, I I really think it's an awesome project. And the fact that you're at 2200 right now and you've got so far to go. I am, I'm really stoked to see what happens in the next, you know, 7,800 people.
1: Same here. And that's part of what keeps me going is the uncertainty of it. And that's one of the reasons why I ultimately didn't like Deloitte. So when I was at Deloitte, my path was two years as an analyst, one as a consultant, you go get your MBA full-time for two years, you come back for two years to work it off. So they pay it off for you. And then it's like, you work your way up from senior consultant to manager to senior manager to eventually partner principal director. And for me, I couldn't jump that path and it it kind of felt like I had seen the end of the movie and I didn't really see much of a purpose in watching the entire thing. And so with what I'm doing now, it's crazy because people will always ask me, what are you going to do when you hit 10,000? I could hit 10,000 and the entire world could know about this project. I could hit 10,000... And 20,000 people know about it. Uh, I just have no idea how it's going to shake out or who, who I'm going to meet or how people are going to affect me along the way. And that's one of the things that I've been conscious of is just meeting with people, how their lives are shaping my lives. And I think we, a lot of times, are so busy with our own lives that we don't realize we're constantly affected by the people around us. And just a small example is a guy... Uh, in l a that I met with uh, just briefly is doing this this hundred days of sweat challenge where the goal is just to work out a hundred days in a row just to the point of breaking a sweat or at least to the point of breaking a sweat right and now i 'm doing that challenge i 'm on day two of it and i I just got roped into it through these friends seeing it on their <laughs> instagrams and then then one of my the people that I met on the West coast had started it a day before me and said, dude, you have to do this so we can be cyber workout buddies. And for me, that was a cool way for he and I to keep in touch. And now their lives have affected the next hundred days of my life. Right. Wow.
0: So in, I
1: mean, you know,
0: that actually was going to be one of my questions that you had said, I mean, what, you know, what is the plan after the ten? I mean, let me actually, no, I, I don't want to know that answer because, cause again, it changes on a daily basis for you, I think. What was your original goal, 10,000 people, or were you like, I want to do 1,000 people and see what happens?
1: So the original goal was 10,000 people for 10 minutes at a time in one year. Okay. And I had thought of that probably eight months after I graduated college. I'd written it down in my iPhone notes, and I have that note saved from January of 2014, and at that time, I was just trying to escape the corporate life path and become an overnight success. And I'm really glad I didn't try to do that because I think if I if I had gone about doing that and I had done it, it probably would have gotten an article on BuzzFeed or whatever and gotten some attention. But it would have been this, this uh, spike in attention and then me falling right back down to – my previous life of needing to work this job and, and have right. a career for myself. When, so it was a bad idea and it just sat in my iPhone notes for a year and a half to two years. And then when I finally picked it up, it was kind of inspired by the Malcolm Gladwell's, well, I don't know if he came up with it or not, but he references it in his book Outliers, The 10,000 Hours Theory, where if you do something for 10,000 hours, you're considered an expert in that field. And I'm not trying to become an expert in anything. But I think that's a cool amount of time to dedicate to a project. And what I found now is by spending an hour with everyone, I'm actually creating these connections where I feel like I know them. They feel like they know me. And we're running into each other afterwards and establishing these connections that are lasting past the hour. Right. Um, so, so yeah, the original goal was 10,000 people in one year. But now I think um, it's been three years. I think it'll probably take 10 more years before I'm finished. So it's, it's a much longer long-term goal now.
0: Right. Wow. Dude, that's awesome, man. Um, I, I really, one, I'm interested in sitting down with you. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> at some point. I'm, I'm hoping we can make that happen. And two, I'm really kind of stoked to uh, to to finally get you on the phone and talk to you, um, to kind of get an idea of, of where it came from and and what your plans are with it. And I'm really even more excited to watch the progress of it as it goes forward. Um, and as a connector, my brain's going wild right now, <laughs> right. you know, just with the amount of people, I mean, you know, I, I mean, look, I'm, I'm my brothers own a production company in LA. They do great TV, mm. you know? I mean, there's a lot of really cool, um, stuff with that. I know, you know, I mean, I just know some really, really cool people. It's funny. I have, I have a very close group of friends, my Philly people, and I have a really very close group of friends that are called the coolest kids on earth. Nice. Um, which is all Philly-based people, um, people that are venture capitalists and startup people. And, um, you know, just I have some really cool people that I would love to introduce you to because I think that they're dynamic and I think that you would probably really enjoy meeting them as well. So I'm definitely going to make some interactions there, some introductions there for you. Hopefully you can sit down with those guys as well. Um, So, but uh, hey, Rob, why don't you do me a favor? You know, let's, let's, uh, let's finish this up. Why don't you tell me again who you are, um, how you, how we can get in contact with you and anybody who wants to sit with you, you know, how do we make that happen?
1: Yeah. And first off, thank you so much for, for the introductions. I appreciate that a lot. And being a connector myself, I always see it. I think about it like the slingshot in Ricky Bobby, you know what, <laughs> as, if I can slingshot past someone, then eventually I can help them down the road. Uh, cause my, my connections expand in a lot of different, different ways. So that offer goes to you as well. And, uh, yeah, my name is Rob Lawless. I'm from Norstown, Pennsylvania. Originally, I'm running a project called Rob's 10K Friends, where I'm spending one hour with 10,000 different people to learn about their lives and see what comes of opening doors for no particular reason. And if you're interested in meeting with me, you can shoot me a message on Instagram. My handle is at Rob's 10K Friends, and I'll shoot you one back. We'll set up a time and we'll hang in person.
0: Dude, I'm going to tell you what, I have I've, uh, had a really long weekend, a lot of work, a lot of talking, a lot of late nights, and I was kind of spent and beat up. And even my producer said this morning, I was like, dude, I'm exhausted. And he's like, I can hear it in your voice. And the conversation that I just had with you just like invigorated me. So I have this huge amount of energy that's running through my body right now. So I appreciate that very much. dude.
1: <laughs> that's awesome, man. I, I, yeah. I think that as well. And I feel that all the time. Certain people can be like a cup of coffee.
0: Yeah, that's awesome, man. All right. Well, Rob, thanks so much for hanging out with us. I appreciate it. And uh, I know Sam's going to reach back out to you so that we can try to get something set up. Um, I'm home for the next like month ish uh, before I start this new project. So uh, I definitely want to sit down with you and have a uh, and have a conversation, man.
1: Awesome. We'll make All it right, happen.
0: Brother. Yeah. Thanks. I'm texting Nikki Libs right now.
1: Nice. Tell him I said <laughs> what's up.
0: I will, dude. Absolutely. All right, Rob. Thanks so much, brother. Take care and have a great day.
1: Yeah, thank you, Brian. Take care.
0: You got it. Bye bye. They, they like. What do you do? Where do you go? What do you? What do you? That's a conversation that I've been wanting to have for a long time. I want to know. Like, I, I see so many cool people just doing such awesome things i mean there's like that's a great project like to have have the the, the mindset that you want to meet with 10,000 people um you know and think about the difference that that project would have taken if it did only go 10 minutes you know how 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 much do you really get to know about somebody in a 10 minute time frame so you know i mean i think it was kind of cool that he said he sat on that 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 iphone note for as long as he did before he decided to make that move and move forward with it and it's so funny how how the brain kind of moves and the heart kind of moves projects for us You know, this is a guy who led led a great life, grew up, you know, two brothers or two, you know, two siblings and a mom and a dad and, you know, grew up in the same house and not a lot of change going through life. And um, with everything, graduates high school, goes to college, graduates college. But what he found at college was this kind of uh, this this world of interaction, Um, you know, that he even said the more programs that he got involved in on campus, the more the world was open up to him. And It's one of those things that I try to talk to people all the time about opening your mind and going out there and and listening to things. And, you know, I was kind of cynical for a long time with a lot of things. And I made a decision. I always talk about it in 2008 that I was just never going to say no again. I really had to open my mind up if I wanted to expand and see the world. I was a chef. I was living, you know, in a in a I was in a uh, I, I was, you know, doing my stuff. Uh, I I was living life, but I wasn't really living life. I was living a life of, of living in a kitchen. I didn't get the opportunity to go out there and see the world or talk to people or, or, or have that. So, um, so it's kind of cool to watch how that progress has happened. I'm really stoked to talk to Rob on our one-on-one. It's something that I'm really interested in doing. Um, not because I want to talk about myself, but because I really want to, I really want to, I want to see what that process is like to have it happen. So, um, So, you know, that's it, man. That's where I'm going to end it there. I think that it's a great way to go into the holiday season after Thanksgiving. Um, I I think that it's a great way to go into Christmas. You know, if everybody just stops and backs off for a second and realizes that we all kind of have a common goal and our common goal is to be surrounded by people that are good and that, that, that there are people out there that are genuinely just really good to people. And And for me, I try to find that in so many people. And in this world, it's a weird thing, man. You know, with the negativity that goes on with politics and the negativity that goes on, we've got shootings. I mean, you know, we had three this weekend. You know, like, fuck, what is that about? Three this week before Thanksgiving, Chicago, we found four people shot and executed in Philly. You know, there was a guy who chased his girlfriend and shot her. Like, I don't even know where that was. Like, it's just common nature. I was talking to my daughter about it the other day and, uh, you know, this this morning, actually, on the way to school, like, just what? And I, I said, it, the problem is we hear more about it now. It's the same as, you know, when, when we were growing up, um, you know, I, we heard about things like, you know, the screwdriver man, the guy who was killing people, the screwdriver, I don't know if that was true or not. You know, we talked about carjacking, like carjacking was the biggest thing in the eighties. Like lock your car doors, make sure that you, you don't keep your purse on the front seat. And cause it was carjackings. And it seemed like that we started to talk about it and then it happened more and more and more. And now we talk about shootings. We, we see, we've seen three, what is it? 326 shootings in 330 days. Like, I think that we're so, we just publicize it and we're just constantly talking about it. And the thing is, is that we're not even shocked anymore. We're just numb to that whole thing. So I think that it's time for us to open up our minds and I think that we should do 30 days. Let's do 30 days of saying something nice to somebody, telling somebody, you know, hey, I love your shoes or or, or great hair or what a beautiful smile. Like, let's let's do that. Let's do that. Let's do 30 days. I'm typing this right now. 30 days of nice. That's what I want. I want everybody to do 30 days of nice and do me a favor. Say something nice to somebody. And, and you know what, when you do don't, don't tell us what it was, send me a tweet and just write hashtag 30 days of nice. Let's try it. Let's all just be nice to each other for a little while. I like that idea. Um, Jerry, you're in the background right over there, and you're hiding. Here's my first day of nice. Jerry, I love you. I think you're an awesome individual. I love how hard you guys work. I miss you guys because you live down in Tampa. I never get to see you guys, and I just think that you guys are great people, and I look forward to talking to you every time that we do the show. So, Jerry, that's my, third, that's my first day of nice. Well brother, we love you guys too and, and obviously thank, you know, all the listeners for listening every week. So I'll I'll kick that off on, on day one as well. Thanks to all of the listeners. Without you guys we wouldn't be here. Yeah, that's right, exactly. We wouldn't so and just so you guys know like Radio Influence with Jerry and those guys they have they have a bunch of podcasts that they do like the amount of people that interact with all the people that these guys know is really cool so um, alright man I, I'm going to end it all there uh, we've got a rock and roll uh, this was a good one I'm really glad we got the chance to talk to Rob Lawless so check him out on Instagram at Rob's 10k friends um, you can also go to Rob's 10k and read a lot of the stories um, that he's written he does a real nice blog job over there um, uh, with with a lot of the people that he interacts with. And He's got some nice kind of anecdotes for some things as well. So, um, we got to thank a couple of people. We got to get the radioinfluence.com boys. As I just said, check them out. Tremendous amount of podcasts. You can now, if you live in the St. Pete's um, or Tampa area, you guys can do a podcast as well. Um, you know, these guys have studio space available to everybody. Go down and check it out. Um, just reach out to them at radioinfluence.com and you can find them. Maggie Gagliardi, who does every single promo piece that we have, she is a wonderful human being, unbelievably talented, and really just kind of a badass. Michelle out there at Techno Solution does my websites and all the stuff that we have um, to kind of keep everybody in contact. Um, so thank you all very much. I hope you had a wonderful Thanksgiving. And don't forget, guys, it's hashtags third th- hashtag thirty days of nice. Everybody, do me a favor. Happy holidays, man. Cheers. Didn't get duffified enough. Follow Chef Brian Duffy on Facebook and on Twitter at Chef B-R-I-D-U-F-F. Look for the blue verified check mark to get exclusive content and to see what's coming up on next week's show. This has been Duffified Live with Chef Brian Duffy on Radio Influence.
1: I'm Tracy Beans, host of the new podcast Dark to Light with Frank and Beans on Radio Influence. It's a new show about politics, but not the way you're used to. What we talk about is actually true. And it's also stuff they don't want you to hear. So we bring it to you weekly. All the intrigue and spin and double talk spelled out for you right with my co-host Frank's special flavor of commentary. Don't miss him. He's an experience. So join us. Dark to Light with Frank and me, Tracy Beans, drops each Friday on Apple Podcasts Stitcher, TuneIn Radio, Google Play, and RadioInfluence.com.